Extra Butter Podcast. So then this joint cra- it's crazy though. There's like 80s stuff in here. There's 90s stuff. Number three song oh, of 2022. Gosh. For 2022? Yeah, bro. This is last oh. year. <laughs> I love it. He just looks like he's having a good time. I miss the days of like... Like th- like back in the I mean, I wasn't even alive in the eighties, but in the eighties and nineties, <laughs> there were there was a time and period where you could look like Peebo Bryson and and be a like a multi platinum recording artist. Like, have you ever oh, looked yeah. at Phil Collins? Like, it, like actually, like he was a huge star and he looked like Phil <laughs> Collins, bro. Like, if you look at that is such a good point, yo. That is such a good point. Like I, I made that I made a video about uh about like like these artists and like I, you look at Elton John and I'm like back now they'd have to look like Sean Mendes to be popular but back then like oh, look yeah. at this brother bro he yeah. looks like your dad <laughs> just singing a song you know what I mean <laughs> this show was on top forty radio oh my god you know I was thinking that about uh that same sort of thing I was thinking that about like tv shows and different shit now i was like dude you you really gotta like fit a certain look for them to even let you like get into a film and it's so right here because like yeah phil collins just looks like someone's dad that took him to disneyland and is spending too much money like you 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 know you gotta you gotta be yeah you're gonna say and tell me that this man was a pop star yo the hair man that's your uncle at a picnic that's like <laughs> they like just burnt the hot dogs you know what i mean and he's a pop star bro that's, like, not, that's not burnt that's flavor that's yeah, char. Hey, man, that's, that's char baby that's just don't catch up on that don't worry about it that's char. like that that brother is a pop star and i and i and i don't I'm not, this isn't, isn't me trying to make fun. Like, they're fantastic artists, fantastic No, I, I know exactly. It's the same you know thing I mean? like, like, as, like, Seal and shit, man. Like, you would never expect. About Seal. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know what these people look like half the time because you just recognize the song by ear. And then you go yeah. look them up and you're like, who the fuck is that? That's yeah. who sings that song? Exactly. Like, it, mm-hmm. I... I you gotta look like, like you gotta look like a Jonas brother to make it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I feel like when we when our parents were growing up back then, it was so much easier because the music video was such like a the music was first. The music video was such an afterthought, and people at that time were just going because they liked the music, regardless of like who the artist was. Like, no, you can't look at like Never Gonna Give You Up, Rick Astley, and see that guy. You know I mean, like his oh, voice yeah. is so uniquely different than the song. So it's who's like, a, who's the guy who just passed away? Bobby, whatever. Bobby, uh, oh my god! Because uh, there Bobby was no Cadwell, way. Bobby Cadwell, there was Bobby no way. I, I had no idea that guy was white. Yeah, and, and, and that I, man so, has so much funk and rhythm in one song. There was no way his skin color was. So white. this album cover, right? This one we're looking at right here. Yeah. The reason why they did this album. Oh god, damn you! Uh, the, <laughs> the reason why they did this album cover is that an was, ad? <laughs> well, yeah, it was because um, 
Oh, when he's uh, like, a, he's just like a negative shadow. Yeah, it's because yeah. they knew he sounded black and he was gonna play on black radio. Stop. And they, That's a real thing. Yeah, so they knew he sounded black and he was gonna play on black radio, and they were like, "Well, we, you know, we don't know how the black audience will receive him if he's white." Hmm. So they had this picture so that you didn't know what color he was. See. <laughs> See, nowadays that won't work because people are gonna spot that, that fake fedora <laughs> and be like, oh, that's a white guy. Who is this art school grad? Like, come on, bro. But dude, like that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's that kind of fedora so... means he pronounces it croissant. <laughs> we in Paris. Yeah, dude. I, I'm telling you, like it's it, back then. Uh, this is on my playlist too. This uh, Luther Van draws never too much. Never too much. Never too much. Dude, Nick's plays every is just single him. night, man. This video is just him jigging in the studio. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> he not. There's no choreography. Luther Van draws in the studio, just like. He didn't need it because he knew that for the next four thousand years, every skate rink, you know, in America would be playing this. You know, this brother's in a belly tight. <laughs> Like jumper and, and everybody, everybody's everybody's in the middle of the floor like, a, hey. <laughs> look at him just jig uh, bro hey <laughs> like luther you want to do a little something the song carries itself baby the song carries itself. like something tells me just by this oh screenshot alone God. he showed up in the <laughs> button up and they were like damn we shoot the video right now somebody find the most craziest jacket you can and put him in it it's not even match. Get that boy Jerry. Jerry's got a cool jacket. <laughs> Jerry, put your jacket on Luther. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, give me your jacket real quick. We're gonna shoot this right now. Luther, just do some stuff. Somebody, like, come on. Somebody man. got a comb, please. God. <laughs> Jerry, give me your jacket real quick. Hold on. Let's shoot this. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, I, I just feel like back then it was just such like I don't know. Like nowadays. Like you just said, like you have to look like a Jonas brother. You have to be like oh my gosh, I'm the most attractive. And I, mean, I feel like that came when we, like in the two thousands, right? Like it's like Luther yeah. Vandross, the way he looks right now. Like even though his voice is transcendent in terms of like that, man could sing the breaks off of anything. Like I could pass Luther on, on the street and never be like. That was Luther. But that's the, that's one of the Timberlake, greatest R&B singers. You know that is Timberlake. Exactly. You know like it's saying? like with like, and this is no shade to any of the artists that came up while we were kids. Like Britney Spears isn't the best singer, and we know that. But she looked like Britney Spears, and she was a fantastic dancer. So it's like, all yeah. right, like you know, like it, it, she's the perfect package. We'll throw some, you know, some some auto tune, some pitch correction on her vocals, and we'll rock. You know what I mean? But like with Luther. <laughs> There, there, I'm sure there's little to if any reverb on his vocals. It's just him in the studio, play the instrumental and let Luther go. You know what I mean? I like, like I feel like Michael had a, a bodyguard that would just shoot somebody if they touched his vocals. The Michael Jackson? You're like, get bubbles on him, sick bubbles on yeah. him. If somebody touches my track, sometimes <laughs> you, you can, you can still see those uh, those videos of like people who rip Michael's like pure vocals out of a song, and it sounds that like. There's not much going on. Michael's demos are like finished tracks for people. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Just like his pre-recorded shit, enough that they can make it into a new album. You know? Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. It's just. It's. I don't know. It's a different time. But anyway, <laughs> uh, welcome to Extra Bud, <laughs> your podcast for for great <laughs> conversation and great movies. Yeah. Right. This is Cam. This is Dylan. 
Uh, yeah, we got caught up. We were talking about uh, like the Spotify and Apple Wrapped or like uh, Replay. Those were I, I like I like talking about those because I feel like you, you learn so much about somebody when you hear about what they listen to. It's like sharing a it's like an intimate sharing a playlist. Like you'd make someone a tape deck. And be like, hey, this, this mixtape's for you. Those are my you know favorite I mean? times growing up is like uh, having a crush on a girl or having a homie and being like, yo, I made this playlist for you. Made like, this play. Is- and it's yeah, just you know, Jaw Rule and Ashante. Yours, my Let's love. Yeah, God, come on. Dude. Dude. <laughs> just like God, fat dude Joe. With it, Come on, bro. Like, that shit was so fire, dog. And the last track is Nelly's Dilemma. <laughs> yeah, Nelly's Dilemma. I, I always like about a crush on girl. Like, I had to throw that Mario, you should let me love you on there. You know, like I oh had to God. throw that Jack on there, bro. Is that is that Icebox? He <laughs> <laughs> can make a breakup one too. It's just got Neo. Oh, so sick. So sick. Freaking uh, <laughs> say goodbye, Chris Brown. Like mm-hmm. those are those are those songs where like you had to talk before the song started. Like, yep. We just we, we're not gonna we're not gonna work out. When you sing my song, out. yeah, like it's not on, the bro. same anymore. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, watch this. <laughs> Usher, oh, Usher, Usher got more people out them clothes than Game of Thrones episode. I swear. <laughs> oh, shit! Damn, man, I can't even breathe. I'm still laughing about the. Still no, Jerry, about Jerry, the Luther, and his, the Jerry, Jerry in his coat. Come on, man. What you know about Jerry? He showed up ready that day. Oh, well, shit. well, well. We're back again for another episode, and today we are taking part in what is called the Fraser Renaissance, baby. Oh, today we're talking man. about the 1999 seminal classic, The Mother Flippin' Mummy. Bruh. I was so hyped when we for this one. Dude, I The Mummy so is... There, there are some people who say, like, you know, like, oh, anyone could have played... The... Oh, wait, is this the right one? This ain't the right one. Oh, that's The Rock. Why does it say The Mummy full movie and it's just The Rock? And it's just oh, wait, what? of the Scorpion King. Oh, this is the Mummy Returns. Somebody, uh, somebody put this back in the wrong section at, at Blockbuster. Wow, somebody lied. I was so hyped for this Mummy thing that I watched the first Mummy, <laughs> then I watched the Mummy Returns, and this then I it. skipped, and then I skipped the third Mummy. Just had to happen, and then <laughs> I watched the Scorpion King. <laughs> I can't believe you did it, bro. I had to. I had to know what, like, 11-year-old Dylan was experiencing. Sure, sure. <laughs> let me tell you. Was it a... Was it an adventure? The Scorpion King? There's a scene in the, in the beginning of the Scorpion King where, like, the rocks... I don't even remember the rocks name of his character. It's, like, Methuselah or something like that. His, like, brother got captured and is, like, trussed up. And mm-hmm. Rock goes in there to try and like, like rescue him. And he comes in like Hawkeye, and he has like this big bow and arrow, and it's got like four different arrows, and they each have a different arrowhead. So of course he shoots them, and they all four go in different directions. But when mm-hmm. they hit like the first two guys, somehow the force of the arrows shoots them back like ten feet. But oh, then really? It gets better because the second two guys fly back another like 45 feet <laughs> i don't understand is it this like, one the night attack i don't i really hope so because i do not understand how they thought 
obviously the physics for this movie are not a thing. Like they invented their own thing. But I when Absolutely. I saw it, I was like, you knew exactly what the rest of the film was gonna be like as soon as you saw that guy fly 30 feet on a wire. This movie was so wild. It's it's such a weird thing because normally I feel like when you do a spin-off, it's from a television show. You're sure. like, oh, the office was cool. Let's try to make, you know, Dwight. Jim and Pam a thing or Dwight. Let's yeah, try exactly. To do yeah. this. I've never really experienced it too many times where they got a, uh, you know, where they got a freaking spinoff of uh, a film that, because it was right a year after The Mummy Returns. So the whole thing was in the works, shot quick. Yeah. And then to experience the level of direct to DVD success that The Scorpion King has enjoyed, because there is five scorpion king films that's crazy no less than four dvd sequels none of them ever again featuring the rock that's crazy is he one of them has or is it like doctor who like it's just like a different it's just a different actor oh really playing the scorpion character yeah i think ron perlman is in one of them for no ron perlman is a scorpion king i don't he's not the scorpion king i think he's just like a villain who are the know, scorpion it, kings like who plays the scorpion kings i after have no Rock? idea i think they were like other smaller like wrestling actors you know what i mean because <laughs> I, I think it still stayed like a w it was a wwf like co-production before really? they got before the wwf threatened them to actually change the name and now it's wwe which is some wrestling lore mythology world movie. wrestling federation All right, yeah the, kelly who michael clark duncan michael clark duncan is awesome in it i'm not gonna lie but i was surprised that like like it was diverse enough that like so we're talking rock how many scorpion it, kings are there five five so i scorpion did some, King I, two. I did some googling on this to find five and i think there's only two movies like randy couture oh randy couture what so i definitely stayed like a wwe production thing yeah so yeah, it was, him i think it was one. always different Scorpion now the King real three, test Victor Webster Billy Zane oh Ron Perlman Scorpion King 3 that man was putting in his work before he got to the big time man bro before he got to and, the big time I ain't gonna hold you Batista is a good actor like he's like I think what Batista's doing that's so impressive is that he's not a lot of like uh wrestlers turned actors they're almost like caricatures of themselves like the rock is the rock and no matter what movie that he's in he's gonna play the rock i i'd say his best acting performance was in a what was that movie with vince vaughn where he plays like a bodyguard which one he's in a movie with vince vaughn and he plays like a bodyguard he plays like a sensitive bodyguard that's like the best acting i've ever seen him do oh that's um fuck what is that be smart, be cool. Yeah, be cool. Be cool. Yeah, I, I really, I think his comedy is really good in that one. But like everything else he's done, he plays like, you know, big hulking strong man. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't really. Uh, and the same thing with kind of John Cena, other than like the peacemaker. He's and, and even with that, he's kind of playing like a caricature of himself. It almost feels like. But with Batista, like i don't know if you got to see the new m night Shyamalan movie but that, that brother's acting like he's not trying to in that movie he's a big dude but he's like he's acting it has nothing to do with his his, his physical presence in some parts he's just yeah acting i think, really I think well, after you know? batista made the jump from like drax which 
is something that like he's a bit of a st- uh, stiff you know character because of the right. writing of it great great after uh, he, comic delivery though like his yeah. timing is great in those movies right after that i think he made the jump because then i remember like you saw him in the beginning really quick and like blade runner 2049 and you're yeah. like, even if even though it was a small snippet you were like oh this is actually like this is a good sign like he could really get it with this and then he yeah did, you know a bunch of, a bunch of little other things like that he did his own pacifier movie yeah yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like they all do one a, they all a spy do they all gotta tick that they box off one. in their career checklist yeah. i but as far as like yeah the wrestler turn actors go i think he's the best like actor i think he jumped and made that transition because early films like this with the rock like i i don't know he feels a little bit more believable to me and like he's actually a character versus like you know like rundown how fucking awesome was rundown when you first saw that shit oh yeah that was crazy him and fucking sean william scott and everything like that and they're fighting the dudes in the forest like the action for that movie was balls to the wall but now you kind of get the rock and it just kind of seems like it went a little too far, like maybe an ego took over or something, and now it's just kind of like, I don't see him as a character, I just see him as like, there's the rock, you know what I mean? Exactly, that's how I feel too, like it's just, yeah, it's, I never, yeah, I, it's, it, it almost just feels like, like, like someone in that movie is going to be like, is that the rock? Like, it, that's how it feels in some, in sometimes it's when he's in movies. Uh, same thing at John Cena, I feel like he's, John Cena has a chance to, you know, with Peacemaker and like, He's willing to play nice with other actors. I'm not saying The Rock isn't, but like that Black Adam shit is insane. Like to think that he's like, we're gonna change up the ranking of the like, bro. It, you're playing Black Adam, dog. Like that's not. Yeah. You that's are why... a side character in Shazam story. Like why are you pretending to be more than you're not? Like let's stop. If you wanted it's kinda... to be the the next dude, then you needed to be Shazam. Like you know, <laughs> like, honestly, you, you know? needed to be like you needed to be Superman at least. At yeah, or point. Superman or some, yeah, something like or, or, or yeah. Green Lantern or something on me. Like it's just like, what are you like? Black Adam isn't gonna be the next big bad. I'm sorry, but that's what makes me yeah. believe the beef between him and Vin is so real because I think they're more yeah. alike than different. Like they both wanted to be the master and controller of like their franchises. They wanted to have a hand in writing it, directing it, producing. Correct. Yeah. without actually having those credits per se so the fact that they both were there only one of them was gonna stay and vin's yeah. been in it since the beginning so obviously and that's what i'm saying like it was one to stay i i heard that like the rock felt like he was unprofessional on set and and i heard i have heard some like negative things about Vin, but it's like at the end of the day with those fast and furious movies like those movies are paul walkers and when he passed away that that's, power that's struggle my... yeah the power struggle to like who like i just i don't i hate to say it i don't care about those movies without paul walker i just don't nah. Eight i don't and care nine. anymore like i don't i do not care this is the part the where i say we're uh this is the part i say we're not gonna trash on a movie and then i shit on a movie <laughs> yeah right exactly like, I, 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 eight I and nine are trash though i'll uh, we nine, say it. nine was one of the most ridiculous movies i have ever seen in my entire it's it, that movie is insane bad it's it's, ins- bad. it's insane dude. i can sit behind an action movie that doesn't have like the biggest you know deepest soul to it because sure. it's you know it's just gonna be an action piece but it comes a point where it's it's a parody of itself which is very yeah. odd and that's what it was it's it's like trying to work through a two and a half hour parody of itself 
and it's like it, yeah it lost the soul of it so like i would stop at seven because the way that they ended it was a nice kind of stop perfect dude. like you could just walk away from it and be cool and Paul now walker and vin diesel ride off into the sunset perfect. and that's perfect you've done it like that's the perfect way to end the movie we, yeah. we cement paul walker's legacy with the end of these movies because these were his babies and we end it there, and y'all keep milking this motherfucker and acting like the guy's alive, and it just feels disrespectful at a certain weird. point. I thought they like, should yeah, what are we doing? At least wrote him off or something like that, because it makes no sense to be like, yeah, he's just with the kids. He's around. Yet, like, it just doesn't make sense. disappears, and he, at least at that point, not to, like, steal a job from someone, but why would you then continue to have Mia in all the films Dude. if you knew you weren't going to have Brian? You right. would have just left them both out of it and be like, well, they left this life behind. Yeah, would have made like a molecule more sense to me, you know. Exactly. I I was I was thinking about that with uh, and, and uh, Nev Campbell did not pass away, but in Scream Six, I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen that one. I know that she's not in it. Yeah, least. she's not in it, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying that she's not in it. But there's a point where, um, uh, the lead Sam is like, you know, where's Sydney? And then Courtney Cox's character goes, she she moved away she deserves her happy ending. Hmm. And to me, it was like, that's fine. Like, just just give me something that's like, Sydney's done with this. She can't. And, and, and in that context of like, Sydney in the point of these screen movies has had a kid. She's blah, blah. All right. She's moved on. She's whatever. But like with these Fast and Furious movies, it makes no sense that Brian wouldn't be there if his yeah. wife is there. Yeah, exactly. What are you we talking just, about? Like, you couldn't just throw her off too. You know what I mean? You're telling me that Brian is like, I'm gonna take care of the kids. You go out there and race for the for 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 the safety of the world. You yeah. go out there. Brian can make it to a freaking car meet in three minutes, and he's not out there <laughs> driving. Get get out of my face, dog. Get out of my face. What said? You got four minutes. He's there, bro. Neon lights on the on the car and everything. He's there. It's just hitting like this moment where it's almost becoming like a soap opera. Like yes. they're just going. They opened up a book that said top ten cliches in film, you know. And it was like, okay, this guy's got to come out and be his evil brother that we never oh talked about. It won't actually. It won't actually fit into the canon because it doesn't make sense. Any you know, sense. it's a retcon. And then this this one's going to be the the movie where he looks like he turned evil, even though he's not evil and everyone knows that, but we'll market it that way. Yeah, yep. You know what I mean? It's becoming like days of our lives out there. The next thing you know, it's going to be like they swapped Dom's brain into somebody else's body. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that could be the next thing. That's how they recast him. And then someone's going to get it. And then Letty's going to be in like a... Letty already came back from the dead. There was that whole trope too. Right. So now they need somebody to be like, Giselle was in a coma. And now she woke <laughs> up from the coma. It's all yeah. it's all soap opera shit now. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense, bro. Like, I, yeah, I don't... Yeah. I, I, all I can do is like every time they announce... When they, when they showed Ludacris and Tyrese in space, I was yeah. like, all right, bro. I can't, I can't do this anymore, man. Like, I can't. This isn't... This is so far beyond racing for pink slips <laughs> that I just, uh, what are we talking about, dog? Like, you just moved a rocket with your bare hands or a missile. Like, the rock, like, guides a missile with his bare hands. Yep. And you're going to sit here and say, dude, he, yeah, they're I in the last one that. in nine. They're fighting on top of a, a, like, a semi or something. And I can't even remember. And yeah, like, I don't know, going 90 miles an hour, standing perfectly still on top of a semi. 
And I think The Rock picks up uh, John Cena and his head breaks through a like a street sign, like a like <laughs> I-90, like the I-95 sign or some shit. And, and he just, he gets down, he shakes his head. Like it was a minor inconvenience. <laughs> Like, I, like I, <laughs> what do we... It's nothing to me. Yeah, like, he's just like, oh, well, God, like, are y'all people at this point? Like, what are we... What's going on? Like, <laughs> what? I can't. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I, I can go on this tangent, and we're supposed to be talking about the brilliance of Brendan Fraser right now. <laughs> but, oh, man, those Fast what's and Furious... Ba- what's bad is we're going to watch the new Fast and Furious. <laughs> and Brendan Fraser will be in it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he'll be the next big bad yeah. the only reason I watch it man he'll be Dom's uncle that he that we just didn't know about Dom's uncle yeah I was there the day your father burned on the on Dom the, he's on trying the track. to he's trying to kill Letty but he's family <laughs> Fast and the Furious Eleven. we'll forgive his war crimes <laughs> yeah right come on bro we've had the president write him a full pardon even though he burned down an entire village in Zimbabwe <laughs> Oh man! But anyway, we're talking the mummy. Um, I- I've just been on this really big Brendan Fraser kick with his like his resurgence this year, winning the Oscar for Best Actor. You didn't get to see the whale, right? Uh, no, it? no. I-, I did read about it because I was like, I don't know. I'm not in the mood for an emotional flick, so I think the I'm movie is emotional. Yeah, I, I-, I watched I it with deep. I watched it with Angelica, and I- I- bro, that movie is so. He, I mean, he gives it his all in that movie, dude. Like, I, um, obesity is a real thing in America. A lot of people struggle with it. But this movie, I remember when it came out, people were like, uh, you know, we live in a very hypersensitive culture nowadays. And uh, they're, they're, I do think that accepting people at any weight that they are is, is extremely uh, uh, amazing. And, like, obviously, like, no matter what weight you are, this should be something, like, you shouldn't be judged or or made fun of for your weight, like that stuff's ridiculous. Um, but people felt like this movie was looking down upon uh, people who may be obese or morbidly obese, but the movie kind of gives you a uh, a reason. Like, like not, like people think that people are obese for, oh, they just don't know, like they just don't eat right. They don't know how to eat right. But there's, sometimes there's a reason. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. depression. There's, you know, a clinical reason and this movie really delved delved into the depression aspect of it, that like this man's struggling with depression and the only way he knew he could feel good about himself is by eating. Yeah. So, and I, I, like, you know, unfortunately that's a a reality. People do struggle with like, I don't know how to cope with this terrible thing that's happened to me. And the only way that, the only thing that makes me feel good is eating. You can tell that person working out makes you feel good. But what's easier than that is eating. And of course, they know it's bad for them. They know that they shouldn't be doing it. They're not idiots, but it's like, this is what makes me feel good. And I'm going to keep doing it because I'm in such a depressed state. Not everyone is, you know, I'm not saying that that's apply all here, but that is, I'm sure there's a lot of people that deal with that. And this movie did it in such a brilliant way. Darren Aronofsky does such weird films. And this was the first film that I felt like he wasn't, because he was, uh, this is a. It was uh, based off a stage play, and because it is based off a stage play, I feel like he was, he was given like a uh, some good confines where he couldn't go too outside the box, and which so it became one of my favorite Aronofsky films because he just has this kind of like, I don't know. Even though the ending is very weird, there, there's a very good through line in it that I really enjoy. It was a good movie, and Brendan Fraser is fantastic in it. He's so good. 
I think there's been a lot of like good movies and TV shows that have come out lately that have mm-hmm. helped people focus more on like mental health. You know, what yeah. I mean? this I feel like was one of them was to try and go deeper and not just to be like, well, he's overeating, stop overeating, and to let people know like it isn't always that easy. You know, the absolutely for it. This and like I. I I talk a lot about, you know, Ted Lasso being my favorite recently because it's a show that, like, focuses heavily on, you know, mental health and, and figuring things out and getting your life together and, and therapy and whether or not to approach it or, or et cetera. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that there's more stuff like that now that, that gives a, a highlight that kind of thing and getting your shit together. But uh, Brendan's been on a kick for a while because he had been in a lot of, like, he had been in a lot of different things here and there. He was on like a TV show. Then he was on like Doom Patrol where I know he does the voice because his character obviously you don't yeah. see him except for like the beginning of it. And he's just kind of been ramping up speed. But him and uh, what's his name? Short round from Indiana Jones. Kihu Kwan. Oh, from, yes, uh, man. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, yes, There are yes, yes, two yes. really cool examples lately about how the Hollywood system will just fucking eat you, eat you, chew you up, spit you out. Where yep. you're a hot one moment, you are killing it, you're on top of the world, and the next, it's basically like, it's done with you, you know? Something happened, or the roles changed, or the environment changed, and it's a constant, you know, evolving machine, but it, it'll just kill you for years. And I think seeing actors like that, it's important to note that, like, you know, to let people at home know, like, everyone's human, they're not above anything. They're just mm. people working a job and that sometimes like that job doesn't work out even though you were on top of the world one minute. Yeah. So I, I think it's I think his story is is a cool kind of like underdog thing to see him like kind of get back and, and get in these cool roles and just be like, hey, like, you know, it kicks your ass, but you get back up off the mat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, I think with yeah, it. Well, you're good. Oh, keep going, keep going. No, I didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I think it's just such a telling thing that, like, the resurgence that's happening right now with Brennan and Key is, like, Brennan was, uh, you know, we're talking about The Mummy, and Brennan is, was, at this point, one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Like, it, like he was, oh, yeah. he was huge. And for him to, like, you know, I, I, th- I think he said there was something that happened to him. Like, wasn't there like a groping or something that happened to him? Yeah, I um, think there was a behind the scenes thing that just uh, yeah, that, and, yeah, and he and he pushed him away, and he chose his mental health over, like, you know what I mean? Like, he chose to step away and and take time away and, and reevaluate what was important to him. I think he was saying that he was in a porta potty for some movie. Mm-hmm. And he was in that porta potty, and he was just like, "Is this worth it? Like, mm-hmm. is doing people." you know, like, wait their whole lives to have a break like Brendan Fraser had with this Mummy franchise. And, I mean, I, I was watching this guy back when he was doing George of the Jungle. You know what I mean? Like, Brendan yeah. Fraser was a huge part of my childhood. And to watch him, like, go from that to I'm stepping away from my own mental health and be there with my kids. Like, I don't know, man, that's, that shit takes balls. Like, like, and then now to see yeah. the research of him come back, be greeted so well, and to still be so good at it. He's still yeah. a fantastic actor. It's like, I don't know, man. It, it, and same thing with Key. Like, again, the, what's that? Key's even longer. 25 years, not a role in sight. Gets everything mm-hmm. everywhere all at once and is a standout in that film. Like, it, it's, I don't know, man. It's it's really cool to see the underdogs win. And we saw it twice in one year. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, from the from the outside 
I've all, I've like changed my opinion on it and my viewpoint over the years because I always should think like, you know, that's crazy. Why would you walk away from something like that? Like, Dude, right? Down? But it fits into the same story of like uh, everyone's hero, Rick Moranis, like walking away. Like being fucking Rick Moranis was huge. Tons of comedy yeah. roles, dude. Fucking. You want to talk about I someone sh- who was, who was your childhood? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Spaceballs. Little Giants. Know, et cetera. Little uh, Giants. Little Shop of Horrors. That man was in everything, bro. To walk away from it for something that's bigger, you know, you think from the outside, that's crazy. Like he's living the dream, but it's like, no, it's different for, for Brendan to walk away from it. You know what I mean? It, it really makes you evaluate, you know, what your goals and views are, what your priorities are in life, like what's important to you. So I think their stories like Rick's and, and Brendan's and Keys are, are really, really important to be like, hey, dude, like, uh, you know, this is that, that's that. I'm glad you enjoyed the work, but like I had to do my own thing. You know, I have, I have to get it together, you know? Yeah, it, it, like I came from a, I did theater for a long time. I did musical theater and acting was a dream of mine. I really thought that I could make it in that world. And like seeing like, uh, ironically seeing um, Dave Chappelle walk away. Yep. That's when he was, when he was one. given his third season and, and he did that, like a couple episodes and it was just too much. Who I'm not saying I would have been anything. I could have been, I probably would have been nothing, but like knowing that like someone like him who was offered over $50 million to shoot whatever in gotcha. a third season. And he was like, I, I I feel like people are laughing at, like, I think he said that he did the, uh, whatever that sketch was where he plays like the mm. stereotypes. Yeah. And, and he was doing the black one where he plays like the little black thing that like, is like happy about the guy eating chicken or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shooting that scene. And he saw uh, one of the camera guys who was white, crying laughing and he thought it was so funny and they should look at that like okay are you laughing at the joke or are you laughing at black people yeah and took a step back to be like what am i doing here My, and and to say like because most would be like i don't give a fuck i'm making 50 million like i don't whatever bro laugh i don't care what you're laughing at but to think that he took the time to be like i, I don't know if i can do this anymore and again with brendan and all these other people key is in a different story key story is more about like just the hardships of being an Asian American actor, which is a completely different, you know, like yeah. set of uh, triumphs and, and tribes and tribulations. But like, um, it just goes to show that this 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 dream that people have to make it in Hollywood, once you get there, it seems that a lot of people are being like, it isn't everything that you think it's mm-hmm. gonna be. Like, yeah, you get to be in movies and that's fantastic, but how much of yourself are you willing to sell in order to be the guy? You know what I mean? Like. It's crazy, bro. It takes a lot out of you to do that. And and people think it's, you know, sometimes, yeah, you kind of hit lightning and you get it quick. And a lot of times, like, you struggle for years. Like, listening to, like, Jenna Fisher on their Office Ladies podcast talk about it. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, you know, she had the same story that I'm sure, like, hundreds of people do. They were like, I quit. Like, I told them I was done. And my agent was like, one more, one more, because it's just rejection after rejection. You mean, like, for the, like... Do, okay, do you know anything about like how she got casted? Like, was it was she? Yeah, because she, she was, talk about it. I I don't can't remember. She did some commercials too, but sure. she had explained that yeah, that she was doing all this, you know, all this stuff and auditioning and playing the Hollywood thing and yeah, it was just playing you know, the game. Things, yeah, things just were not working, and I I think she was trying to go back, and her agent had said no, and then they you know got her to do the little screening the test screening for all that and you know mm-hmm. all the rest of that's history but yeah hollywood is not a fun game and i think 
it's been portrayed as something that's going to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to get on a bus. You're going to have $100 in your pocket and you're going to make it, you know. That's why yeah. I, I do like that the film, uh, Damien's film, uh, La La Land, Ryan Gosling and shit, mm. because it is one of those things where like, yeah. That's what a real portrayal of it. Yeah, dude. Is her Ooh. trying to, you know, Emma Stone's character trying to just be like, yeah, I'm going to go there and, and live the dream. And meanwhile, it's like. No, you're you're living with six other women. You're splitting the rent. At what cost? You're working at Starbucks on the studio lot, and it's like you have to give everything and uh, and more just just to make it, you know. And then sometimes it doesn't really turn out, you know, what you think it would be. Because shit, Brandon, Brandon was on top. He was. I don't remember what year George of the Jungle was, but he was George of the Jungle, and the man was ripped. And I and he was on the. Sex God, bro. Zach, uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison Scrubs Rewatch podcast. They had him on because Brandon has a very really? famous. Yeah, because Brandon's got a very famous uh, stint on Scrubs. If you ever never seen it, where he plays, uh, is it the brother-in-law or whatever to Dr. Cox? Mm-hmm. And, and he's always got his little like camera. He's taking photos of people. And it, it has one of the best like emotional gut punch plot twists that's ever been in a TV show. I absolutely love it. And Brenda talked about like how to get in shape like that, like these Marvel guys, and that it's so much work that you kind of hate everything. Yeah. The amount of calories you have to consume, you know, the amount of work you have to do, the, the gym hours. But he was he was in that. He was I remember the Looney Tunes back in action that he was in. You know, he made a bunch of little little things yeah. here and so, there. Yeah, ninety seven was George of the 97. Jungle. Yeah, it was when ninety nine was the mummy, right? Uh, yeah, 99 was the mummy, the mummy returns. In 01. I remember Bedazzled that he Bedazzled. did. Bedazzled. Uh, what's her face from uh, the Austin Powers film? And my favorite with him will always, yeah. always be Blast from the Past that he did with uh, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, I that's love a great him one. in that. That's movie. a great film, dude. Yeah, Just playing this like Captain America fish out of water esque character. Yeah. If you've never seen Blast from the Past, it came out the same year as The Mummy. And his character is basically like he was a kid that was born in uh, an underground bunker because his parents thought that like the bomb fell and that was it. And they got locked in their underground bunker for like, you know, 25, 30 years, whatever, until it finally opened. And at that point, Brennan's like a full grown man and he has to go up and try to discover the world that they thought was nuked when it really wasn't and watch him navigate how to you know the world and being so innocent in it and yeah. i just think it's like the best i guess you call it a, a rom-com at that point it's, oh, my yeah, favorite it it's for sure it's for sure a rom-com. it's my yeah. favorite one then because i know they don't like him but yeah, yeah he's, he's great man I, I remember my uh he was in crash and i remember like my I, I, it's very well known that people didn't this one the movie for best oscar i'm 99 yeah sure. and people heavily yeah, dislike it. Argue that it really shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember like, uh, like as a kid when I watched it, I thought it was good. Like I remember because Ludacris is in it. He's really good in it. Um, Ludacris is yeah, Ludacris is in it. Yeah, he plays like a like it's it's almost like Crash. It's like you think one thing, but the person's completely different. And I think in that movie, it's like Ludacris like. They think he's gonna steal a car or something. He's like, "Oh, you think I would steal that car?" Like, mm. I think he does end up stealing the car. But it's like one of those things where it's like <laughs> it's 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 like you're playing the movie's about playing on stereotypes. And Brendan Fraser, yeah, like, I think kind of plays like a not that likable of a guy, but he's still really good at it. And I, I don't think he's been bad in anything he's ever been in. So it's like <laughs> he doesn't like it, it's kind of like Samuel Jackson. Even if the movie isn't the best, like 
Samuel was, L. Wasn't. Yeah, he was great. You know, he's like, like <laughs> I hold up, I hold up my end. Yeah, whatever lines you give me, I'm gonna deliver with the with like I'm gonna make sure this part is done well. I don't yeah. care what happens with the rest of it. You know, that, um, the, the the mummy was crazy to me because it it was one of those things where you hadn't had an Indiana Jones film in a long time because sure. technically the last crusade and the they went off in the sunset was perceived to be the last you know what i mean yeah. and this was years before uh uncharted would ever come out which i see is very similar in the same vein as this you're going for horror you're going for action and you're going for comedy and mm-hmm. i just think like these had a nice sweet spot that existed before you know, before the national treasures and everything like that, and then post Indiana Jones. So it just fit perfectly. It's still set in that same period, uh, you know, yeah. 20s, 30s, 40s, so that you can actually, you know, believe that they're finding all these temples and it's not like <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I like. I don't really enjoy when they're modern day. I like when you have a little bit of flair, you have a little bit of like a period piece. Sure. And, and I just think they, especially this one in particular, just works perfectly because it's almost more of a horror film mm-hmm. than an action film at times. And I think when they went to The Mummy Returns and so on, when they lost that horror element, they lost something that grounded it. You know what I'm Absolutely, saying? Absolutely, yeah. It was it was unique in, as a horror action, you know, horror action movie with bits of comedy. But then like... I feel like any good horror movie has some good comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like once it went, I mean, Return just went straight action. Like we're not doing anything. Yeah. Like it, it almost like they were like, let's appeal to a wider audience and not scare anybody. But it's like, yeah. like this bit right here where he like, oh my like, God. Just like <laughs> disgracefully in like, who the fuck would just like mess with a a dead corpse in a tomb? Like you just, you're just, you're just asking to be cursed. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't open that box that says "Don't open." Let's yeah, like, like let's you know, shove Egyptian a crowbar. Tomb. Yeah, let's let's just mess with this <laughs> dead corpse. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like this film and Jurassic Park to me, I think are very similar because they kicked off a franchise, but the first film will always be the best to me because yeah. they just got the elements right and they felt. I don't know like the horror thing I think is real because the first Jurassic Park to me is more of a horror film like there's a lot of shit going on there's killers you know there's blood there's whatever and then when you get to the sequels of it it's mostly like oh quick we got to run away there's dinosaurs and it's Mm. all actiony and stuff like that and it's weird because you want to capitalize on the success but then it's like you start throwing away the things that made it successful in the first place you know absolutely Totally agree. Unless you want to count the the rock scorpion king as a horror element, and I'm there for it. Ah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, are there really like movies that have gone on like to like how do I say like like sequel like movies that are big franchises that have gotten better? I would say maybe like Mission Impossible is oh, like I was just about to say yeah the the the, the outlier of like it gets mm-hmm. better every single time. Most times. If a movie's in like sequel, sequel, sequel land, it never really gets better. It's, it, it can only get worse. You know what I mean? Like nine yeah. times out of ten. Yeah, because there's a there's a zone that a film will get into when they're trying to do it, it like developmental hell, where like you'll have this film. So you have the Mummy and Mummy Returns, and then for years it's like let's do a third one. Right. It's never the right idea, or the director, or the people are busy. And that's where the third one was for years, you know, same thing with like Jurassic Park 3 and shit yeah. like that. It'll spend like 10, 15 years never kicking around. And then by the time you finally do get it together, you get some fresh blood in it. 
it's like a coin toss and whether or not it's going to be good. Exactly. And that's how I feel about this third one and why I didn't watch it again. I've only seen it like once is because Rachel Wise had a baby and then she cited problems with the script, but she was like, no, I'm not coming back. So mm. the first thing, when you see a different actress as her, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> they, why didn't they make her babysit the kids? <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. they could have easily, I'm like nothing against that character or anything, but no, no, like, no. if they knew they had to recast her, and it was such a big movie and a giant budget. Why not just be like, oh, it's this and Rick's by himself and you know, Alex has grown up like their kid and then blah, 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 blah. You know, because everyone else is back pretty much besides the Egyptian guy. So it's like, why even recast her then? Why not just make it without her? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yep, Unless the ball was rolling at that point. And at that point, it's like you had Jet Li, you had... Yeah, the Great Wall, and you had like a dragon and Yetis, and you lost me, man. <laughs> you really lost me. Yeah, it's tough, man. I feel like when it comes to they they talk about like with certain movies, like it's it's like catching lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. and the minute you go into sequel land, you're you're tempting fate to try to catch it twice. It's <sighs> like it's like the Hangover comes out, you capture you captured lightning in a freaking bottle, and then, and then you make the Hangover <laughs> two. And you're just like, bro, like uh, we've Holy we've seen it, crap. we've seen this already. Like, what? How are you? How do you yep. think? Like, we'll just do the same movie again, and we'll go like, it's even better than the like. No, it won't be. Like, it's the first one. Is the one you caught well, it. Uh, you know, let's like, get this guy. Let's make the same movie, but let's set it in a foreign country. Foreign <laughs> country, and we're looking for somebody else or whatever. It's like, in, it's just like it's in Thailand. Yeah, it's the same, bro. What are we talking about? Like, the first Hangover, you caught lightning in a bottle with that mm-hmm. movie. Like, yeah. I, that's like them making bridesmaids too, but it's in oh. Paris. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like the, <laughs> you know, yeah, like that's Christopher a real thing. Getting I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've seen it time and time again. Like, oh, Zoolander too. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason Zoolander needed another movie, bro. Like, nope. you, you, Zoolander was it, bro. You could just you did it. You got leave it. it alone. Leave it alone, you know, bro. You uh, did it. I Coming to my, America, uh, I wanted to shoot somebody in the face. <laughs> Are you like, like who thought to make a sequel to that, man? Like, leave it alone. Gosh, bro. Yo, man. You know, I wrote my own like story treatment for Jurassic Park 3 when I was in middle school because I knew it really? would come. Yeah, because, you know, they had the second one and I never thought that the third one would in come out because years, yeah. every year or two I would be on Google and they would come out for different ideas. And one of the ideas at the time, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember the uh, concept art, it was yeah. to make hybrid human dinosaurs. And they looked oh. atrocious, man. They looked so bad. <laughs> and I was so scared that they were going to make that movie. They were like these weird lizard-looking creature things that just looked funky. Like, I don't know who made that up. And they were like, uh, yeah, it looks like Jurassic Park isn't going to make get made this year. Because there's no chance in hell you get Spielberg back. He's going to be a producer yeah, to, get a, to get it going. But then he's going to hand it off, which is what he's done for years. He did the same right. thing with, with Indiana Jones. He's not going to mm. do it himself. Yeah. So I was like, fuck this, man. I'm going to write my own story treatment. And what's crazy is part of the story that I wrote actually got used in the Telltale game. Do you remember when wait, Telltale wait, wait, wait. Like, 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 like you're like you're in it? Like they used your script? No, no. Like oh, they, I was like, they, they like, bro, I what? fucking wish, man. Uh, I wish. <laughs> no, like uh, th- it ended up being like similarities in what I gotcha, wrote there. Gotcha. So I thought I was really fucking cool. It was like the time I invented cereal straws. <laughs> which was a fucking highway robbery mm-hmm. i'm very mad about this you were robbed you were robbed for sure i was robbed if i haven't told the story before 
I, yeah, I don't know if you have. I was eating cereal and I was using one of those bowls that has a straw attached to it. Yes. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And then I was like, you know, it would be better if instead of the straw in the bowl, it was a straw, but it was made of whatever cereal you were eating. And me and my brother were like in agreement, like we were going to fucking make it. We were hand shook on everything. Yeah. And then like a week or two later, like we're watching Cartoon Network or something and bam, the commercial came on for cereal straws. And yeah. I was so livid because I was like, oh my God, they stole my invention. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, I seriously did. I, I made up this plot for Jurassic Park 3 that was like, oh, some mercenaries like kidnap Alan Grant and uh, take him to the island because uh, they want to collect all like the leftover. Oh my God, is this a cereal straw commercial? Y'all giving me PTSD. Ah! Dylan's Look it. commercial and goes like, are you kidding me right I'm now? I'm telling you, that's the commercial. Yeah, oh, man. it kills me. Yeah, Fruit Loops, cereal straws. I don't even, you can't even get them still. I think they kind of like faded out. Oh man, rice, chocolate, cocoa crispy cereal straw. Cocoa crispy cereal straw would be lit right now. That's wild. Uh, No, but anyways, yeah, the mercenaries like they they want to get the missing DNA that got left on the island, particularly (laughs) that uh, the shaving cream can that had all the DNA in it. Yeah, just kind of got washed up, and they. (laughs) Oh my god, he not the bro. (laughs) Trying to tell my story. Shut up. Yeah, he told the story before. (laughs) <laughs> it's like nobody cares about your weak ass replay. Producer coming in to tell you talk about something now. Is he talking about cereal straws again? Yeah. <laughs> they kidnap him because he's known the island before. And then when the Telltale game came out, it involved like retrieving that shaving can. And I was like, here we go again, just stealing my shit again. Yep, yep. You're not the. If you don't get your ass over here, we talking about Brandon Fraser. The disrespect right now in my own house. I'm telling you, man. Say, pick me up right now. Yeah, he not the. Hey, baby girl. How you doing, baby girl? I used to love. I, I remember uh, did the you, one did I was you most... actually like. What? No, what'd you say? No, what are you saying? You said, did I actually what? Did you like the uh, the the Mummy Returns at all? Really? Uh, I mean, as a kid, I did. I can't like lie and say like watching it back now, it isn't as impressive as I remember it being. Um, but when it yeah, but when it first came out, I, I think I liked it. I, I I just I knew I knew I didn't like it more than the Mummy. Um, but I think the only the only movie that I remember not liking, even when it came out, was Scorpion King. I didn't like it even then. I was kind of just like, oh, this is all right, you know. Like it just I don't know. It didn't feel. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Brendan Fraser had such, like, a... He's a really likable actor. He's really, like, easy to like on screen. So I feel like with The Scorpion King, it was kind of just like, all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah, here like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, all right, whatever, man. Like, I, I, I was know. disappointed that I felt like in the first one... Because you got to think, it, it's 99. That's when the Phantom Menace dropped. Bro. You know, we're working on the fucking Lord of the Rings film. So, like, CGI is about to blow. Like, Woo. they had Jurassic Park and everything. They had their early swings at making it, like, you know, worthy of, you know, replacing some of this physical stuff, sadly. Yeah, right. So, when you got to, like, 99, you hit those films that started to really blend practical with visual you know with visual effects and i thought the mummy did it really well like there's some that first scene looks like a a cartoon though 
Yeah. I was rewatching. I was like, this looks like the Prince of Egypt. The fake fire and the crowd. Yeah. But then you yeah. got really nice shots, like when you see uh, Imhotep for the first time, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 like they yeah. blend the effects well. So it's disappointing when you get to the Mummy Returns and they just press the gas pedal on the oh, CG, yeah. and it's just like the monkeys little pygmy things the jungle that sucks itself up uh you know jumanji style yeah like it, it lost a lot of the heart of it and i was like okay and then when those doors open up and instead of darth maul it's the scorpion king and mm. you're like why is he not just a dude that they fight with a sword why is he <laughs> part scorpion no oh, oh yeah right 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 yeah you know what i mean and then forever we just bashed it see and it's different nowadays because when Sonic looked like hell, the people spoke and read it through down the gauntlet, and then they said, okay, no problem. Gotta they change fixed, it. Yeah. And they fixed Sonic enough to make him a franchise. But yeah. when Scorpion King came out looking like that, they didn't say, hey, what is that? You know, the internet wasn't ready. Yeah, it we were. Was, it wasn't they, there yet. Couldn't rally the troops like we could now. Now, but like, nowadays, you, like, Sonic is a perfect example of, like, the internet bullying a studio to change it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they, 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 they they spent so much money on making like to think they had to spend more and change it. That's mm-hmm. them being bullied and being like, no one's gonna see this if we don't do this. And they're like, all right, I guess we gotta throw up more money and and redo all these scenes with this new because that is it's not like a apply all. That's a going in yeah. eat. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like it, back then, it like it was it like I, if you didn't like something, it was like, oh well, it's, like it. yeah, it's 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 the movie. Like, Enjoy this film for the next four yeah, years. Right. We'll make another one. Hopefully, we'll figure it out. Like I, we, we, the people made up for it with Sonic Two because Sonic Two is fucking awesome. I'll I say didn't it see. Now. I've heard it's great. Though. You never saw something. I never saw, saw it. Sonic Two. I never saw with it. Idris Elba, the man, the myth. The He's in that. He plays oh, Knuckles. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I never saw it. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even never really played a Sonic game like that. Really? Since, since the Sega Genesis. But that movie is actually really good. I'm not going to lie. I got to watch it. I got to watch it. Yeah, Tales, I didn't see that Tales comes in and everything like that. It's yeah. much better than the first movie. I used to love Sonic games. Sonic. I used to love Mega Man. Mega Man. That's Capcom too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that reminded me when I was doing some research for this, I looked up the the gameplay for the mummy games yeah good god bro yeah. they even had one for like oh my god they got the scorpion king in the game i think maybe looks a little better than the movie i'll mm-hmm. say it now and it's hilarious <laughs> and then i didn't realize like many 90s 2000s movies they gave them you know animated shows like a ton of different movies got little animated spin-offs oh yeah I had for no sure idea that the mummy had one there was a george of the jungle tv show was there yeah, the mummy had one for like two seasons. You know, the Saturday morning lineup. You know, the greatest of the great. Yeah, and I did not know that, so I put that up there with the Godzilla, the two thousands Godzilla TV show that I guess was oh, better than the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all the, I want to like get little DVDs out of all these. You know, little that was back when they were trying to out. they were trying to make a buck, dog. Like yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was it was a different time back then where it was just like all right this. This movie did really well. How can we capitalize on it in every way, shape, and form? Video game, Game Boy game, TV show. I mean, streaming um, has really changed it because the DVD was like where you made up the money. Like yeah. when that bitch didn't make it at the box office, the DVD saved your life. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they said the DVD for uh, 
I I think it was Scorpion King. It was either Mummy 2 or whatever. Mm. was like the fastest selling DVD. It did like 2 million copies in like, a, in, a, in like a week. And the only thing that did more was when like, you know, a Star Wars film had come out. Sure. But I, th- I think that's crazy that it's like, it's that's not a thing anymore. Like you cannot yeah. save yourself in that. Like you got to do it elsewhere. It's kind of sad. Not at all. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, it's, it's, again, like I, I understand that like, Movies back then, when they would come out, you, you studios were able to be a little bit more risky with what they funded because it was like, all right, well, let's see what happens. Because yeah, even if this doesn't perform extremely well at the box office, yeah, like you said, there's DVD sales, you know, there's word of mouth, really who knows, tie-in video game, right? Know? Yeah, like who knows, you know. Whereas like now, yeah, if it doesn't do well, yeah, sure, it'll end up on a streaming service, but like. You know what I mean? Like, it, it isn't the same, you know? I, I really do wish there was, like, a place for a blockbuster still. or Yeah, because it'll end up on streaming, and then it'll end up on TNT on the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> curse, edited curse words and, you know, a thousand commercials. And Yeah, again, like, there's no DVD menus, no DVD commentary, like, all that stuff. You learn so much about movies with that stuff, you know, that you just don't. That's why I learned so much as a kid, and absolutely that got me, that got me so hyped about films. Is when I yeah. could like find the DVD and it had like a little twenty-minute making of feature, mm-hmm. and then I could like flex on people and be like, "Yo, you know how they made this scene?" Yeah, I <laughs> think for like me that. it was like I used to love watching horror movies as a kid, but obviously they would scare me. And most people would say like, "Oh, after a horror movie, I need to watch a." Uh... Mm-hmm. Disney, I go to flip the Disney channel so I could feel a little better. For me, I would just watch the behind the scenes because it was always just like it would show you how they did it. Yeah. And as a kid, that would make me feel a little more like this isn't real more than watching because it'd be like, I just watched the ring and it scared the hell out of me. But I watched the behind the scenes and it'd be the ring girl dancing. <laughs> just so it's just like crafty. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like it's just like, and then it almost like just breaks the illusion of like, oh, that was an actor. That was an actor playing that part. There's nothing for me to be scared of. This is, it was a movie. Um, and I feel like kids now don't get that. Like, it's just like you see the movie and it's like, unless you're going to go on YouTube. Bro, this gameplay crazy, dog. What are it's we talking weird. about right it now? Yeah. Very, there's a lot of... I like how the, the lives are just random Fraser heads. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, like, you have 14 Brendan Fraser head lives. But even if some of these games were terrible, they're so nostalgic. Like, they're actually yeah, really dude. fun to go back to. And you just don't, yeah, you don't really get these kind of things anymore. They don't even want to spend the money on it because the inflation, the everything is so bad that the movie is so expensive. Like in right. hindsight, the first two movies like combined, like cost less to make than that third movie ended up for them. And they still like all made like the same amount of money. But obviously the first ones are considered successes because they had such a big gulf between them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Like, trying to make a film now is absolutely wild like someone telling you that they made the original star wars for like you know 17 million bucks or something it is fucking asinine like absolutely you can't even do one shot with 17 million now for a film uh, you know of that caliber like you're not gonna get it it's it's kind of scary but it takes all those kids who are like, I want to be directors. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you, don't. you wanted to be a director 15, 20 years ago when you could and it was fun, but like, you don't want to do it now. Like, would you like to direct a Marvel film? <laughs> oh, boy. Because you ain't going to direct that soulful indie film you've been dreaming about. You are going to direct yeah. a, a superhero flick. 
Have you heard of Shazam? <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. I, ah, dude. This is famous quote by um. Oh man, why am I blanking? I love this quote. It's by uh. He directed Gone Girl. And David Fincher. David Fincher, yeah. Um, Fincher has this famous quote. He was talking about uh, directing Alien Three. Yeah. Um. And obviously that that movie wasn't perceived the best because obviously Alien One and Two are just like yeah cinema classics. And he was talking about how when he was directing that movie, it was it, he didn't really feel like he directed it. There were so many hands uh, hands cooking. There were so many hands in the pot that he just felt like it was, he was just overwhelmed because um, there's just so many inputs. So so the movie comes out and he feels like it, it is it wasn't even his movie anymore. He felt like it was just kind of like, all right, well, you know, it gets received poorly, but so-and-so told me to do this, so-and-so told me to do this. But when the movie came out, no one gave a crap about what so-and-so and so everything, everybody was blaming Robert. You're the reason this happened. Um, so he talked about how that movie, even though it didn't, it wasn't perceived well, taught him so much, which is if you're gonna blame me, then I want full control. Yeah. I don't I don't want. So it's like, if I'm being blamed, then I need to know that I'm being blamed because I made the call. And to me, it's like that, We, I'm sure you live in, uh, we all work in like certain environments where it's like, you're doing something that someone else told you to do it, but then something goes wrong and you're blamed for it. Yeah. And it's like, that that quote sticks with me because I, I, I want that control to be like, I, I'd rather be blamed knowing it was on me. I made the call, I made the wrong call. I shouldn't have done that. And that's why it's the increased by right now. I'll, I'll take that. That's on me. I shouldn't have done that. But to know that I had no say in the call and you're still blaming me for that is insane, bro. Like, I, I don't know if that happens at your job, but it happens at mine all the time. And it pisses me off. No, I get what you mean. Like, it's like an NFL game. Like, the Patriots lose it. It's not like, oh, the defense did this. It's yeah, Tom It's Tom Right. Brady. Regardless of how trash your O-line is. Like, you, yeah. Why did, you know, why did you guys lose? It's like, I was sacked yeah. 11 times. Why'd you lose? Yeah, it was him. Like they need a they need a figure to take the blame blame. fall guy. Right. Yeah. So if you're gonna, it's it's true though. It's like if the movie's gonna go down, it should be on the director because he's technically the final thing. But right. He He was so and he talked about how he was so shocked that like when the movie was getting all this crap, there was like nobody there to come like have his back. Like oh, you know, we as a team decided blah blah. He was like, no, they all just kind of let me take the fall. So it's like okay, F it. He's got yeah yeah exactly. Jokes yeah. on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, right? then that dude, then he cooked, man. Yeah, he's like, all right, fine, let me cook. Out. He's a F you. Seven, Zodiac, yeah, Hong Girl, friggin' uh, damn, I can't even think of anything else right now. He's, he's social network, right? That's what he's doing. Social network. Yeah, Sorry, Tyler. Yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's true, though. Man. Yeah. They they look to you, and, and that's. I don't know. It kind and of do you want to be the person that directs the next Marvel movie when we know how these nerds act? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's gosh, sheesh, bro. Sheesh. Yeah, I, I would. Although oh. there are, it is kind of weird. The landscape seems to be changing a little bit. Where it's you know when you do have these mega franchises, mm-hmm. it seems to be that like it's a weird toss up because there are certain times where you'll get into the machine like Marvel and the top brass will basically run the show for you and let you put your name on it, but they ran the show. So if it goes bad, right. you know, they'll be like, well, I didn't have much say, but then they'll get guys like, you know, 
what's his face for Guards of the Galaxy and James Gunn. Uh, James Gunn and they'll yeah. just kind of be like, yeah, we let him do wherever he wants. Let and him you cook. can see in the film that they let him do whatever he wants. Exactly. And it's weird to me, like the faith they have in certain people. It must just be like a read in the moment. They interview them, they look at them and they think like, oh, he's got it. Or yeah, yeah he's kind of a, a wild card and maybe we should you know, pull the string. Right. There's, there's that famous example of Josh Trank with the Fantastic Four movie. Good, great. And, and honestly, like, uh, I think I Josh Trank... Yeah, I feel bad for him because I feel like Josh Trank is a good director. He did Chronicle and again, I always feel like it's one of the most slept on superhero movies mm-hmm. of all time. And you can clearly see it in Fantastic Four because I think it does... Str- it starts strong. Yeah. Them it's, getting, it's, them it's got getting some the beats. powers... Yeah, them from the beginning of the movie to them getting their powers, I think is a pretty solid movie. It's the minute they get their powers and it goes like five years later or whatever it says, the movie goes to shit. It's like another two hours of them in a lab doing nothing. Yeah, it's a completely different movie. It's like, yeah, it's Johnny coming down and he's on fire and he's testing something. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, what? Like, I just, we were following the kid for so long. They just get their powers. And now you're going to tell me five years later? Like, I want to know what happened immediately after. Like, what do you mean? You know, like, I don't know. Whatever, bro. And it's, horrible too because you hire these directors based off of like the work you were impressed by so everyone right. saw chronicle and they were like let's hire this guy let's give him a chance and then he shows up and you're just like yeah you sit there and we'll do it for you yeah that's what's so frustrating is that he made he was making the movie that he's mm-hmm. good at making which is ordinary people get superhuman abilities and what does that mean in, in a, like, obviously in the Just Alba version, they're just like, I'm invisible. I don't know. You know, but like, he could have, you know what I mean? Like with, with Michael B. Jordan and freaking, like, he, he could have made that insane. You know, like, it, it's it's not, I don't know, man. It's really, I, I always think about this. If there were, I'll, I'll, end, I'll end this with this. If there was any franchise or comic book or something, is there anything you've ever thought about, like, if I had a chance to direct it, I think I would do a good job. Is there anything for you that you think like doesn't matter what it is, book, comic book, I, I don't care what it is. Like, is there something that you feel like if I got my hands and was able to cook, I feel like I could make a pretty decent telling of this story. Sorry, not that just like took off <laughs> while sitting. Do you want to go get the source material? Oh this my dad. Yeah. Like quick, quick this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she picked up a book from the shelf, I'd be a yeah. I. I'm trying to think about this. This is a really effing good question. Right. There's a couple of things I wanted to take a stab at. And one of them, my God, he not that. Do you want to direct the movie too? <laughs> he wants it to be in the next air, bud. Yeah. It's like, dad, I can ball. I can ball, man. Put me on the court, coach. She's looking at me like, yeah, I'm going to cross those ankles right now, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You ever seen that, that meme of the priest? crossing up the kid on the court yeah. <laughs> he's like in jesus name i'm cross your ankles yeah. boy <laughs> yeah. um i've always wanted to take a stab at certain like king novels that mm. they haven't actually adapted which is fewer and fewer because they they yeah. blow through his things um i mean the dark tower for one everyone wants to see something done nicely with that yeah well honestly the stuff i really wanted to do was actually the you know funny enough is actually the universal monster stuff that's cool man i really wanted to see something get done with like the ogs the yeah the creature from the black lagoon the invisible man the stuff like that Mm. and just to make it uh something that's more centered on being classic 
you know? And I think that's what they do nicely with at least this first Mummy movie is that they know the limitations of the classic Mummy, but at the same time, they know, you know, that everything's been updated. So they do like a nice blend. Yeah. And that's kind of like a little bit of what I'm looking for. So like, let's try to get it to be as nostalgic in a way as we can. Mm -hmm. And at this point, the closest thing that's ever been like, the closest thing to that that's ever been made is Young Frankenstein that Mel Brooks uh, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was black and white. They literally used like the equipment from the Frankenstein films. Like yep. there was so much, even though it's a parody in a lot of ways, there's so much about it that it was like he knew like the heart and soul of those films. And to be able to like make something like that would be legit. And it's funny because at this point you forgot that they did the mummy with uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, like they remember, literally yeah. tried. They tried to start their dark franchise universe. You can go ahead and reset that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's not. They bad. wanted to for people who don't remember it. They wanted to do like a new version of every single one of those classic horror monsters, and yep. they were going to start with the mummy, which makes no sense because it had been done so many times previously. But right. I guess they didn't want to touch Dracula because that's been touched a lot, <laughs> a trillion they, times, a trillion ways. The Universal paid Tom Cruise just this egregious amount of money to do this movie i don't even remember what the figure was but it was like it was like a freaking steph curry patrick mahomes level payday and they did the movie and it was horrible one of tom cruise's few misses man it really was a miss the only good thing about it to me was um what's his face playing uh dr jekyll Oh, what the hell is his name? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe played Dr. Jekyll. Oh, did you? Hey, I didn't even watch it. I and Dr. So Jekyll was, like, uh... was supposed to be one of those things that like carried across the films. And they wanted to like, uh... you know, they did the whole Justice Sing thing where they laid down seeds for other films to take place. Sure. Because they came out with a photo like around that time with all the cast that they hired for all these other films that they already really? lined up. Yeah, I was going to say, we could look it up. Johnny Depp was supposed to play the new Invisible Man. Uh, Angelina Jolie, I believe, was going to be the Bride of Frankenstein. And there was a couple other characters. Russell was supposed to go between as Dr. Jekyll. They had, you know, all this other stuff, Tom Cruise. And they they did a whole cast photo of everyone dressed up and just chilling. And they were really going to take off on this new universe. And it bombed so hard with The Mummy that they canceled everything. And it was so embarrassing. Yeah, Javier Bardem was in there. He was going to play a character as well. Oh, here it is. Yeah, like it was a lot of it was a lot of heavy hitters, you know that were that were going to be there, and it really just just tanked so badly because obviously if the first one doesn't work, it's hard to then pull you through. You know, what yeah. I mean, if Iron Man never worked, you ain't really getting more per se. And it's so upsetting to me because it's like you get so far away from making a cool version, you know, of all these old films. And it's why I just like to keep exploring, you know, 30s and 40s cinema because it's like, well, if it's never going to become real, I might as well keep looking for similar things and that that time period. And then or just, you know, appreciating what was there in the first place. Is there something for you that you always wanted to do? uh for me obviously if i ever got a chance to do anything power rangers related it'd be like that'd be dope it's even going to add even seeing the um the 2017 movie like I, I there's so much that i feel like a power rangers movie can do 
um, grounded in reality that just hasn't, uh, I don't know, hasn't been touched yet. There's there's a lot that that um, that original. There's a lot that the show did for us as kids in terms of like rep- representation and stuff like that. I thought the new movie did a really good job with having like a black kid with autism be a Power Ranger, but he was like a really crucial part. I don't know if you ever saw the 2017 version, but mm-hmm. uh, once yeah. Um, so for me, it was like, it was close, but just didn't quite hit the cigar. So like, obviously that would be amazing. Um, I'd love to do uh, a Static Shock live action movie. For me, that would be- That'd be legit insane and I, again like I, I know the source material so well that i feel like it, it would be so for me it would be power rangers um static shock and then i'd love to make something in the strangers universe that to me would be amazing hmm. the strangers is like my favorite horror movie of all time and to, to it there's something creepy about a group of individuals stalking a house because they know they can just for I, kicks. yeah there's something so eerie about that and as a kid like it, it just made it like because you can say it's based on true events and it doesn't really have to be based on anything because it it, mm. it can be it happens all the time people are crazy out here mm-hmm. so to be able to tell a story and i think just set it in a in a in a place that it just isn't normally set like i, I hate to say this but like we've done the rich uh, suburban lifestyle so many times if it was set in like a I don't know inner city place or, or somewhere where it's like people that look like us or look like that are in the same situation like how does that movie play you know yeah. like I, I, so it at least gives it a a new twist on something that's still scary as fuck because it happens but like I don't know I feel like there's something there that would be really fun no I get what to, you mean to, to it's like around. the it's like the evil dead leaving the scary cabin exactly right okay. like it's in, it's in a high-rise apartment now you know what i mean like how, how, does how does that play yeah exactly something that's like more yeah in your own neighborhood kind of thing is, is there's something to me like because like it's you know this first strangers even the second one honestly like they're the first one is in an abandoned cabin the second one i think was in a trailer but i feel like it'd be really cool to do it in like the projects or somewhere where like even if they call the cops, we know they ain't coming or they're not coming anytime soon. You know what I mean? So it's like, how does that play? Like they're, they're all the, all the things where people are like, I can't believe that they don't have a charger. I can't believe all, but what if the cops just don't show? Cause then they talk about the statistics, like they don't show in the projects that fast. Sometimes hours and hours after. Hmm. So you have a working cell phone. It's just the people aren't coming. Like, <laughs> I don't even have to like write a bad battery. That's just how it goes. So like, exactly. what do you do? You know, like it's me, like that would be a really fun. I don't know. It'd be a really fun story to tell. Obviously scary that it could actually happen, but I think it'd be a cool twist on something that exists. Um, and it'd be, a, you know, cause I don't know if it would be the same strangers or whatever. Cause I know they're making another, I think they're making three more movies of the strangers. So I might be lucked out there, but it would be a lot of fun to play like some kind of like home invasion, apartment invasion movie based in that setting to see how it plays. But for me, a, a dream of mine would be a Power Rangers movie. That would be, oh, that would be so fun. It's always disappointing too when you see them do something and then it just doesn't work. 
Like it flops yeah. or it doesn't hit all the buttons. So then it's like, how many more years until they take another step? Until they exactly like to do. Yeah. And will I know? be in a position to 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 be involved? But yeah, it'd be great to direct it or something, but like just be involved would be amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, to me, it's just like they're they're Oh, we, we talked about going to MegaCon. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this la- like lastly. We, we both talked about going to MegaCon and seeing, going to see the Power Rangers. I showed them the, the film cell. Oh, for real? When I showed you. Yeah, I brought it and I brought like a USB battery so like they could see it lit up. Ooh. That was a good and, idea. Right? And Karen Ashley, the girl who played Aisha in the movie, was like, this is amazing. Like, I want one. Like, this is amazing. And even though Walter wasn't in the movie... Like he thought it was cool. He, you know, they both signed it, and they're—I mean—they're still getting a bunch of people. Like, oh, you were a huge inspiration, yada yada yada. And I'm like, the 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 fandom is still strong, and it's like it's cool to see like all these fandoms. Even for you, Dylan, like the the fandoms you have with like these older movies, they exist. And if you can find a way to tell these stories, I don't know if you want to do time like a time period piece or even like set it in like today's time. But it's especially for the things that you're trying to do because not many people know about that stuff, you know. So it's like. Some people, someone's gonna be like, "Is this uh, is this original? Like, what is this? You know, like I've never seen anything like this." You know? Yeah, I've I've slowly come to the realization and perspective that I'm like, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'd like to see or work on or do whatever, I, I'm not really gonna get it, or like that's not the kind of things that they do. So that's what's pushed me more and more to be like, I'm just gonna make books out of a lot of these things because gotcha. I think that the way that the film system is going in the studio barring like a big revival and like a fresh you know breath of fresh air i think it's just going in a weird direction so it's like i'd rather start writing out some of these things than spending my time hoping it would be a film you know what i'm saying absolutely and and then just being disappointed by like what is out there so that's why i was like well i'm just gonna write any of these you know these ideas down but for me the funny thing is that the fandom exists for the stuff I like, you know, the Turner Classic Movie Channel and all oh, that yeah. kind of thing. But, it, but it's always, for the most part, it's just a lot of people that are so much older than me. Yeah. So it's funny to like go to these things and then be in the theater and just be like, yeah, I'm holding down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like on the bottom of the of the age group. Yeah. But it, it's it's fun to me because you wrinkle people's brains a lot because they're just like, Oh, you don't know anything about this film. And it's like, Oh no, sir. Yeah. You you probably know know more than them. Exactly. I do know something about this film. And I found that the people that are really into movies and and the trivia and the history of it, like I've seen a lot of them that are younger and younger, like, especially on Instagram that have all these, you know, you know, classic movie pages and things like that. So it's definitely something that I think is growing, that people are appreciating a lot of these classics more. And yeah. I think it'll just get bigger and bigger the shittier that Hollywood gets now. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, like the point. more that we push towards this golden age of television and HBO and yeah. the streaming, I think the more they're going to look back because they're just going to be like, yeah, you know, the, the content is either superheroes or it's just like morbid. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. It's getting a little depressing out there. I'm not even going to yeah man uh but yeah final thoughts on the mummy bro any any, any final thoughts man uh, Frazier, the the renaissance man i gotta get the tape the vhs tape because i don't think i have it <laughs> <laughs> i did i did manage to find the blast from the past one the other day that's dope. i gotta get my i gotta get my branding collection i jumped on this real quick when, when we found this so nice 
and uh, this episode will be out before before yes, we have master, it. correct? Okay, two days, okay. yeah. All right, cool. Spoiler. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, final thoughts for me. It's, it, I think I picked this one. Yeah, I think it's just I, I. I'm a huge fan of the of an underdog story, and rewatching this was just cool to see Brendan Fraser. I don't know how he, how he felt mentally when he did this movie, but it just it, it's almost like you're just watching a good guy win. Mm-hmm. And he just seems like such a, a, a humble actor, a guy who doesn't treat this like he's better than people. He's just a guy that's good at his job and likes doing his job. And I don't know, I like seeing people like that win. So to me, it was just like really awesome to revisit these movies. And I'm really enjoying the renaissance that he's happen, having, having like this like resurges everyone like universally loving what he's doing and, and, and giving him his flowers while he's still alive. And well, that still continues because he's done, he's, he just seems like such a, a good soul. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very Keanu like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like Keanu is just like those kind of dudes, like they just, they get their flowers early because they deserve them. Like it's just like you guys, they've never tried to do anything or, or, or pretend to be anyone that they're not. Like I do my job, I go home, guys. Like I'm just like you. And to me, it's just there's so many famous people out there, you know, that maybe aren't even A listers. Like you see, you see TikTokers out there that pretend they're better than people, you know, like it's, it's, it's insane, bro. Like we're all the same. If you're lucky enough to be in movies, that's fantastic, and you know, count your blessings. But there's nothing wrong with like wanting to. You see all the time like pyramid schemes and like, oh, you're just on your bum working a nine to five. Like how lazy are you? Like some people want to work nine to five. So I mean, some people just want to work their nine to five, go home with their family, make enough to live, and that's okay. It doesn't make you a, a not a hustler, not a you know. It's fine. Like it, someone's got to work. Someone's got to work the McDonald's to get your burger. I mean, that's how that shit goes. So true story, bro. You know what I mean? True story. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it's been Cam. It's been Delon. Been extra, but uh, stay tuned. Next time we got Disha coming on for the Page Master. Ooh. I know y'all think I picked that one, but I promise I didn't. That was a pick up her pick. <laughs> um, but yeah, stay tuned, man. That was gonna be a really fun episode. So until then, later, guys. Stay poppin'. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.